2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Can we just add a couple words to your title?
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> I uh, already think it's plenty wordy. <laughs> Executive Digital Director. Digital. Uh, it's really hard to say digital director. Digital director. I just like, yeah. Mm. Executive
2: Di- Director Digital Operations. No. No. Hubba hubba. Um, Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show... We've got chart news on how U2 becomes just the fourth group with new top 10 albums on the Billboard 200 in every decade from the 1980s onwards. Love that. How Coyle Ray and Bailey Zimmerman score their first top 10s on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. And how Taylor Swift scores an impressive seven albums in the top 40 of the Billboard 200 for the first
0: time. Well, speaking of Taylor Swift... Keith and I had a little pop shop field trip this past weekend to Las Vegas. Pop shop
2: goes to Vegas.
0: <laughs> pop shop goes to Vegas. <laughs> and we got to see Taylor Swift's Heiress tour on Friday night, first night of her Las Vegas stint. But that wasn't all. Nope. I also attended the opening of Maroon 5's Las Vegas residency. But guess what? That wasn't all that was happening in Las Vegas. Adele was also uh, wrapping up. I was like, You're what else like, did what you else do? did you do? No, Adele was wrapping up her Las Vegas residency, or so we thought saturday night would have been her last night but she announced that she's extending and on monday kelly clarkson announced that she is also going to have a new las vegas residency So we're going to talk about all of this pop action in Sin City in just a little bit. And how clearly we will be in Vegas for multiple weekends in the future. more pop shop field trips coming. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200
2: albums chart, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time is Steady atop the list for a third straight week, while the lone debut in the top 10 is U2's new covers project reinterpreting their catalog of songs. Covers of themselves. Covers of themselves (laughs) called Songs of Surrender, which debuts at number five. The set finds the band uh, reinterpreting its own catalog of songs, as I mentioned just a second ago, including songs like Pride "In The Name of Love, I Will Follow, and Where the Streets Have No Name, among many, many others.
0: I mean, it bears mentioning that you two will also be in Las Vegas in the fall. (laughs) That's right. In that new sort of circular sphere thing. Yes, they're launching that sphere. Well, I I
2: don't think it's leaving the earth.
0: They are the first act to play at that sphere. They are launching the opening of that sphere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they, they have songs that are perfect for such a, uh, a spherical venue. Vertigo,
0: yeah, you know? perfect. Yeah, um, I saw I
2: saw that sphere uh, in the taxi on the way.
0: Mm, I actually
2: didn't. It's it's kind of like it's down by like Resorts World. It seems really oh far way down. out there. It okay, seemed, I mean f- f- from from the cab, it's like oh it's right there, but then you realize oh, yeah. it's not right there. Everything
0: it's, looks like it's right there until you walk it. Don't walk it.
2: <laughs> um, all right, so. With this debut, U2 becomes just the fourth group to have a new top 10 album in every decade from the 1980s onwards. That's the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. They follow ACDC, Def Leppard, and Metallica. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, while they're all groups, they're all rock bands, three of them tend to be a little bit more
0: metal-y, I suppose? A little harder rock a there. A little harder rock. But that is like... it. it it's not a crazy disparate group, though. No, it's, it's not. It's actually like, I mean, it makes sense because it's four bands that all came up at the same time and have just stayed consistent. Though I have a
2: feeling that ACDC, Def Leppard, and Metallica all probably played together. Some in At the, some point. Those, the, th- two of those three all probably played on a bill somewhere together, but you two
0: maybe never played on probably a bill. Probably not. Yeah. Well, maybe at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Oh. <laughs> Like, Def Leppard, I definitely have seen there, and U2, we saw there, too. Mm. Mm, So that's an interesting one.
2: I wonder if U2 would have ever played something
0: like Monsters of Rock back in the
2: 80s or 90s.
0: Maybe not. I doubt it, but I do, I feel like there is, I feel like Def Leppard is actually the connective tissue to U2 because they also have some softer, slower jams. Love bites. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next, over on the Billboard Hot
2: 100 songs chart, as Miley Cyrus's "Flowers" continues to reign at number one for an eighth total week, Coyle Ray and Bailey Zimmerman score their first top tens each, as the former's "Players" jumps 12 to nine. And the latter's rock and a hard place climbs 11 to 10.
0: I love how much like new activity is happening in the top 10 of the Hot 100 lately. Um, was it the Pink Panthers and Ice Spice song that hit the top 10 like a couple weeks ago? Mm. I just think it's great. It's always fun when there's a lot of movement up there.
2: I know. We can we can sort of kvetch about how sometimes the top 10 is very static. Yeah. And then it's nice to see a little bit of
0: fresh blood. I also love Players by Coyle Ray. And she actually released a remix this past Friday with Busta Rhymes, mm. so that will count towards next week's chart, so it right. could even get another little bump from that. Oh, uh,
2: sort of off topic, uh, like Busta Rhymes wasn't the only rapper that broke through in the 90s to have a remix thing come out last Friday, because mm. Missy Elliott is on the new r and R&B girl group Flow. Oh yeah. They have a song that came out last Friday and Missy Elliott's on it. So I was like wow Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott both have new songs today. That's kind of cool. Keith if
0: you haven't uh, dove in yet Flow is like right up your alley. I mean they are total a total throwback to the girl groups of the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, I,
2: I, I'm I'm very aware of them existing. I have not dived into their songs right. yet and I really should. But Keith loves a UK girl group and here I, we are. I love the Sugar Babes. Uh, I <laughs> I love Girls Aloud, um, but I am excited about Flo. Also, they worked with MNEK, who's mm-hmm. been a guest on the podcast before. Who always makes just catchy music. Um, I, I would love to see an, an, a girl group break through oh and my have God. some success. Please. Yeah, let's make it happen. All right, lastly, in terms of the chart chat, for the first time in her career, Taylor Swift has seven albums in the top 40 at the same time on the Billboard 200 chart. So... Since the Billboard 200 was combined from its previously separate mono and stereo LP charts, because that used to be a thing. We used to have separate charts for mono albums and stereo albums. You think Dolby Atmos and, you know, Apple Surround yada yada is fancy. Oh, no. Back in the day, we had a mono and a stereo chart. Um, because albums would only be made in mono or stereo. And sometimes albums weren't even in stereo because it was such a newfangled thing. Anyway... These two charts used to be separate. We combined them in August of 1963. And since August of 1963, Taylor Swift is only the second act and actually the first living artist to have at least seven albums concurrently in the top 40. Previously, the feat was achieved only once in that span of time after the death of Whitney Houston. (coughs) Sorry. It's all right. When the late superstar also had seven in the top 40 on the chart dated March 17th. 2012 so this week on the april 1st dated billboard 200 chart taylor swift has the following titles midnight's at number three lover at number 13 folklore at number 14 1989 at number 19 Mm -hmm. red taylor's version at number 22 reputation at number 26 and evermore at number 31 and hey just for good measure she has two more albums on the chart fearless taylor's version is at number 52 and Speak Now is at number 69.
0: I have to say, one, one point I would like to make, although you're about to say why this is happening, obviously the launch of her Eras tour, but we really thought she was going to have some more re-recordings out before the tour launched, and this is why. Because look, at we're over here with 1989 and Reputation and Speak Now with no Taylor's versions on the chart right now. Give it time. Yeah,
2: it'll all happen in good time. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously this this tracking week coincides with the launch of the Eras Tour, which we're going to talk about in a second. So it makes sense that all the buzz and publicity around the tour launch, which – the tour itself is a career-spanning show, so it makes sense that you're doing a bunch of catalog songs and you're reminding everyone of your classic material. People will be interested to go and re-listen to it.
0: Well, and if anyone's like me who was going to the Vegas weekend, you know, I immediately tracked down a playlist that a fan had made of the set list oh. so I could familiarize myself God, with some of the songs. I wasn't worried about, well, actually, my entire purpose of reporting on the second weekend was like what was different from the oh, first weekend. okay, fine. So I kind of needed to be spoiler-heavy. But I also just wanted to make sure I was, like, going to, like, get as much enjoyment, not like, oh, what's this song? But, like, oh, this song. (laughs) Right. Um, Last thing I'll say about this is that um,
2: uh, earlier this year, Taylor had 10 albums on the chart at the same time, which was in itself a very rare feat. So – and at that time in my story on Billboard.com, I explained how it is actually a lot easier now to chart multiple albums by the same artist, especially older albums – on the chart due to changes in chart rules over time. So what Swift is doing now was basically impossible to do decades ago due to how the chart worked. So while it is pretty stunning that she's able to do that now, it comes with a lot of caveats. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I actually – I tweeted this out. Uh, I tweeted out my story about Taylor having seven albums in the top 40, and someone responded like, yeah, the only other time – this happened was because, you know, Whitney Houston passed away and it was because of the rules at the time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's true. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like, how, it's like you want to amplify the achievement but also acknowledge the fact that like
0: yes that if it's kind of like you know box office being adjusted for inflation right. it's like you know yes if we went back and and applied the same rules today to a chart you know 30 years ago would it have been different Morgan, or whatever? Morgan wallen
2: being in the top 10 for a million years yeah like, is 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 that impressive considering the chart itself is structured in such a fashion to enable such a lengthy run when right. in the past it, Simply couldn't have happened, right? I don't know. It's 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 fun to discuss.
0: It is, but it's I like that you give it some context for the people who are obviously interested in the charts who are listening to this podcast, right? It, yeah. Anyway, so we could that that's it for the chart chat. Oh well, I mean, you were already talking about Taylor, so let's just launch into Taylor Las Vegas, shall we? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Katie and I went to go see Taylor Swift. We
2: did not sit together. Though. We certainly sure didn't. We had totally different. We were in totally different sections. Um, I did see Katie for about maybe 15 minutes before the show. <laughs> and that was the only time we I saw And we did kind her. of
0: like uh, live text each other updates about what we were eating and drinking on the Friday beforehand. It's true, yeah. true, true. I was um, like, hey, I've got a coffee bean. <laughs> um,
2: but yes, uh, t-
0: tell, tell, yes so like tell me tell me. so we literally have not had a download after the show. Like, no, we haven't even talked about it.
2: I tried, but I want to point out that trying to get out of a stadium full of, of 60,000 like 60, humans, 60,000 people, and I'm like, I could try to coordinate with Katie and we could try to walk back. I'm like, no, it wasn't <sighs> happening. It that was the last time I saw Katie I know. until today.
0: It would have been nice, but also I rushed home and wrote my recap that night. Like I had it published, I think, at two AM or something. So and please go to Billboard.com and check that out. Mostly it's focusing on what was different from the opening weekend in Arizona, which quite a bit was. The one thing I'd like to bring up first is the thing that I think was most special about our show specifically, which was the lovely speech she gave to Lana Del Rey. Yeah, uh, Her album had just come out that day, and she has a, a collaboration with Taylor on Midnight's, her most recent album, and so she live debuted that song, Snow on the Beach, and also told all her fans, which is a lot of people, the people there and the people watching the clip You know, at home, the Swifties uh, were mobilized around buying, streaming, supporting Lana Del Rey's new album. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? I believe Taylor called Lana a king. Generous king. Generous king. So that was really sweet, and also thank you for making my article so simple to write, Taylor, because that was such a, like, a great like speech that I was completely not expecting. She, she knows there's <laughs> going to be a newsy nugget every night of the oh, show. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so that was awesome, and then um, that was one of the two songs in the acoustics up for our show. The first one that she performed was... Our song, hmm. which I am obsessed with and is from her first self-titled album, which there's nothing else on the set list does from that album. Does it
2: feel like her first album is only going to be represented by a surprise by the song surpri- each surprise. So, so far— She's going to run out.
0: She also did um, Tim McGraw at Jason's show the first night in mm-hmm. Glendale. And that
2: was one of the surprise songs?
0: Yes. Mm. Yeah. And so, yes, the answer is the only time there will be representation of— the self-titled debut album. And you know what? She has to affect a little bit of a country twang that mm. she no longer really has in her, in her music. Um, I mean, she did that in our song. She really, like, kicked it up, you know? Like, and you talk real slow, because it's late, and your mama don't know. She was, like, doing the whole country twang. Um, I loved it. I thought that was great. So I I thought we, like, hit the jackpot on our surprise moments, personally. Hit the personally. jackpot in yes, Vegas? Yes, yes, I sure, mm-hmm. I sure do. <laughs> Um, but Keith, talk to me about uh your view from things, the, the Swifties who were surrounding you, the length of this completely insane set list that she does. Uh I mean I mean we talked a lot about this last week, yes. but of course that was just
2: sort of us reflecting on Jason's coverage Reporting, of yes. the first night. So um I have not seen a stadium show in a really long time. Mm. So I was fully expecting to walk into the stadium, which I had never been into, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Um, which is actually very convenient to get to for the most part.
0: Pedestrian um, bridge from Mandalay Bay, y'all. Do not cool. try to grab a, a rideshare there. No, <laughs> just
2: walk. Just get, get ready to walk. Just get yourself to like Mandalay Bay adjacent and exactly. then walk for like 20 minutes. Have and you're a beverage there. at
0: the House of Blues beforehand. S-
2: see see, <laughs> see the crazy like uh, religious preachers outside. Oh my God. screaming at you about how you're all going to hell. Oh, uh,
0: when we walked in, there was uh there was a gay couple walking in front of us, and they went. These two girls went and kissed in front of the dude with the big sign and they took a bunch of pictures you should have taken some pictures of this it was really fun I loved it
2: um yeah I'm sure that preacher loved it too (laughs) yes (laughs) so um I was fully expecting to feel like once inside the venue it was going to feel like I might as well have been in like New Mexico or Mm -hmm. something because I'm like I'm gonna be a million miles away now I had uh in Allegiant Stadium I had loge seats Mm -hmm. I was, like, 130. Like, the lowest section of, like, when you would watch a football game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was, like, I think, like, 20 rows off the ground. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Now, this stadium is enormous. Enormous. So, if I were in, like, a normal arena, like the Forum or Staples Center, it would have been a lot closer. Sure. So, again, I was, like, I'm going to be really far away, even though I had really good seats compared to, like, 80% 80% of the people in the room. Right. So, all that said, great seats um, for what it is a stadium show. Um, and though it did feel very big most of the time huge stage, huge screens, big catwalk. I spent a lot of time looking at screens. Mm -hmm. I did actually spend a fair amount of time looking at her on the stage, even though she was an an aunt. But when she would come to that center catwalk, that was probably when she was closest to you. Yeah, she was still a fuzzy small person. Right. Like, I couldn't, like, make out her
0: facial Oh, that was, like, so that my tickets were 14 were, rows away you, from yeah. that catwalk. You were on the floor,
2: ma'am. Yeah. You, yeah. Were, you were, like, when she came out to the to the catwalk into the middle and did snow on the beach, she was there, right there. Yeah, you can
0: you. watch um, the billboard reel of our song, the first surprise song, and that was, I shot that from my seat. So you can get an impression of how, just how close I was.
2: For, for those going to the show or endeavoring to go to the show later... And thinking, "Hmm, I don't know. It's a big stadium show. It's going to feel like a million miles away. Think of it this way: Uh, Taylor does a really good job making it feel like everyone is in there together in like a big sort of. It's very communal. Very communal, big sort of party vibe. Everyone is having a really good time. No one is like feeling angry. Everyone is up and happy. Yeah. And yeah, it's a big room. And the big screens help make it a little bit less, you know, weird, like you're like a million miles away. Like I might as well just be watching a TV show. It didn't feel like that. Combined with um, the fact that she also created intimate moments where she would just talk to the crowd Mm -hmm. and like do a story and engage and just be – it's Taylor being Taylor – and in those moments, you kind of felt like, "Oh, I'm in a much smaller moment." Yeah. And you and, you, and she connected to the audience, even though she's talking to sixty thousand people through a screen. Yes. So, like, her and people like Adele are really good at doing that. Now, granted, Adele actually walks through the audience and talks to human beings. Taylor does not do that here. She couldn't possibly. She, there's no way she could do that, and it was it would never happen. But all that said, I feel like if you're going into the show and thinking, "Is this really worth it?" It's more than three hours of a pop show that's unheard of, more than 40 songs. That's wild. And they're not all medleys. There's a few shortened songs. She
0: truncates a few songs. I was was kind of bummed that she truncated style. I love that song. But
2: you never feel like you're getting, like, ripped off. No. Like, I mean, you're getting, like, maybe, like, a minute and a half of some songs. Yeah.
0: Like, some of, like, the— Bad Blood, she cut out the verses. Like, she only did the choruses and the bridge. Like yeah. And then uh, you mentioned, you tweeted about, um you need to calm down. She zeroed in on the part about the, 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 the LGBT verse. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it, it does kind of feel like, you know, when you see, I mean, and I'm, I'll reference my age, you know, when you see Janet Jackson, Janet is, she's like, I got to play the hits. Yeah. And when she does, she like has a very packed set list, but it's a lot of medleys and shortened versions of songs right, right, right. in order to be like, hey, I know people want to hear like The Pleasure Principle. I'm gonna play. But you better
0: go buy my new album too. Yeah, I'm gonna play 45
2: (laughs) seconds of that. Yeah,
0: well, and to that point too, Taylor really um, goes hard on "Midnights" at the end of the concert. Mm -hmm. um, I don't maybe seven songs for "Midnights," something like that to end things. And so she's making it clear at the end, like this is why I'm touring right now, (laughs) like this album right here. Um, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot of folklore, "Midnights,"
2: and Evermore. Evermore,
0: Yeah, which and. uh, there was like a, you know, the All Too well 10-minute version to represent for Red. Uh, and Lover, a huge Lover section, too, because she hasn't toured since Reputation. I mean, so she really does represent, over-represent the uh, four albums that she did not get a chance to tour around.
2: I mean, in a way, it's like, in, under normal circumstances, this would be a tour that is just in support of those four albums. Yeah. But she's like, I I have to do some hits. Which is why
0: it's three hours plus long, because right. she did like give justice to all four of those albums, like gave huge <laughs> showcases to all four of those. If you cut out all the, you know, the previous hit songs, that would have still been for some people like a regular tour stop, an hour and a half to two hour show. The,
2: there was this, this funny moment when I think it was when she, as she had performed champagne problems and mm-hmm. the crowd was really, really loud. And I taped. actually go to my social media. You can see a million videos that I taped. Um, the crowd was really, really loud, and she just sort of paused for a moment to let the crowd react. And then she was like, you know, what what's going on? I don't know what to do. I'm right. grabbing onto mic stands, and I'm petting the moss on the piano. And she's like, I'm just really happy. You know, basically, like I'm really happy to be here tonight to spend, you know, three hours with all of you. And then <laughs> – you can see her face. She was like, just three hours. Uh. And, you, and you heard her say like, uh, and her, the the look on her face was like, well, what did I get myself into? Right. Which is kind of funny, but you know, it's all for an effect. It's well, like, clearly a, she's happy to be there. A
0: slight side note too. She uh, was at the Radio Music Awards on Monday night to accept the Innovator Award. And also she won song of the year for Antihero too. So um, a big night for her. Uh, she, there was like a, a couple tweets from some super fans who were in the front row and she like kind of, like they caught her attention, like in a kind of off-camera moment, and um, they're like, how are you? And she's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I bet you are. <laughs> you probably are. I'm like, I'm like, my God,
2: you showed up to the iHeart show?
0: She's already performed 13 hours Look at that! It's her favorite number. She's already performed thirteen hours of the Eras tour, and she's done four dates. So, uh,
2: <laughs> so the next day, you went to another show.
0: I did. Um, Maroon 5's Las Vegas residency happened to open on Friday night, the same night as Taylor opened in Las Vegas, and so I was able to make a, a twofer of it because they also played Saturday night. Um, and man, the dichotomy of the you know going to the Taylor you know three hour fifteen minute to like moon five nothing but radio hits just nothing but pop radio hits an hour and 15 maybe (laughs) like
2: that's it yeah
0: but you know it's a vegas residency they (laughs) want like the you know uh park mgm and caesars and all these places that have residencies they want people back out on the casino floors like that's that's the whole point of these that's that's
2: too short oh
0: it was i mean it was perfect actually it was like
2: perfect i need it should be 90 minutes it was perfect. Heath. Okay, I know you're saying it's perfect. It was at the Park MGM, which is where <laughs> the, Bruno Mars plays. Yeah, Dolby plays. Dolby
0: Live. Usher's returning there in April. Um, I've
2: seen Cher for her show there. It was a, there. A,
0: a, a six thousand person venue, which uh, the Caesar's venue where Adele plays is four thousand. So it's a uh, it's a sizable venue, mm-hmm. but it feels you know like a. Like a nice theater. It actually didn't feel different from like the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles that hosts the Oscars. Kind of that vibe. Yeah. Um, It's big, but it doesn't feel like enormous. No, no, no. Um... uh, and it's so it's just so fun. It was just really fun. Like, I think they're the kind of band that has more hits than you realize. Um, I They have 32 hits on the Hot 100 and, like, four number ones and 14 top tens. And, like, they have, like, a lot of enormous hit songs. It's just nothing but hits. And so, and they play, yeah, they play all of them. And they kind of swapped some things out. The, there was slight differences in the night one and night two set list um, that I was not mad about because they played one I really love. Um, their SZA collab um like lovers do mm. they played that for my night but on the first night they played the future collab cold instead so they're they're like i think they're switching it up for their newer ish songs because mm. i mean they're not that new it's like 2018 ish but um yeah so it's i i i would recommend it to anyone who is a maroon
2: five fan well
0: not just that but like anyone who's like a pop radio fan mm-hmm. like you're gonna have fun at this show because you're gonna know absolutely everything Adam Levine like totally drives the energy of the show. He's never stops moving, running around. And for the ladies who are interested in such things, he wears nothing but mesh outfits and open shirts and no shirt at all his, his during pants, Sugar. His
2: pants are mesh too.
0: <laughs> no, nope, no mesh pants. Oh well,
2: then that doesn't count. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Adam, you got to step up your game.
0: But I have to say, it was just like it was so it was so different. I mean, to, uh, to compare somebody's like career-spanning, you know, tour that they're taking around probably the world so far, the United States, and um to a Vegas residency is silly because these are totally different things like one is something that's like a part of your night in Las Vegas but not like your entire night it's like you know something you go to and then you keep on keep the party moving right Right. and uh, but I I thought it was so fun I had a blast Um, yeah so they I want to say that they uh, they're continuing this weekend they uh, have dates on March 29th and March 31st and April 1st and uh, go check them out it was super fun Um, But, you know, that's not all that's happening in Las Vegas, because Adele also uh, announced that she was extending her Vegas residency, which has been obviously uber successful and hard to get a ticket to. And now we know that people who missed it, you have another chance because she's coming back on June 16th to the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. She's also going to film one of these new shows in June For a concert special
2: Yeah We don't know exactly How that will be released We can pontificate Will it be a Disney Plus thing A Netflix thing Will it be a Blu-ray video (laughs) Home video Are they going to release it Later in the year Is it going to come out in June Are they going to wait
0: till the end of the year Who knows And did you see that She referenced Taylor On stage on Friday Like You lot going to Taylor tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) She
2: said basically she was like, didn't she say, like, I love her? And she was saying, I
0: love her. She's like, I wish she wished that she could go too. Obviously, she had shows on both nights that Taylor's performing. So that wasn't going to work out. Um, uh, But that's not it, Keith, because Kelly Clarkson is also coming to Vegas for a residency. Oh, before you move on. Yeah.
2: So Adele has the June shows and she's going to come back again properly in the fall.
0: Well, so she has June sixteenth through the 30th, or actually through July first, and then August. Right. She's got August fourth August, August through October. Through August, yeah, she's got August through October dates. She's got a lot of dates. Actually, it ends November fourth, which is kind of cute because I'm, it's like she started November this past year, so maybe that was the plan all along. Like a full year of activity. You know, she could have started sooner than June, but Garth Brooks is moving into her theater, uh, like next month. No, May. May is when Garth Brooks starts. You know, so. both
2: Adele and Garth have covered Bob Dylan in the past. Oh, the same song. Yeah, to yeah, make you, feel, to make my you love. feel my love. I
0: love that song so, so much. So Kelly,
2: Kelly's coming back to Vegas. She had a Vegas residency yep. years ago that I think was nixed because of COVID. So maybe this is a make.
0: That's right. She was actually. Uh, I remember she was supposed to interview or interview. She was supposed to host the Billboard Music Awards that year mm. and start a Vegas residency all at the same time. Did not work out. Obviously the year was twenty twenty. Now in twenty twenty three, she's coming in uh, end of July and has dates in July and August so far. And that one is at the backed theater B A K K T Planet Hollywood. At Planet Hollywood. Which used to be the Zappos Theater.
2: Yeah, which is where we've seen Britney and J Lo exactly. and a million other people. Also exactly. Kelly announced the title of her new album called Chemistry, which she doesn't have a release she hasn't announced a release date, but it's coming
0: soon. And it's labeled a post divorce album. So just imagine. Uh, I'm going to keep bringing up the iHeart Awards, but she duetted with Pink last night. And like, holy crap, like those voices together, they've definitely sang together before. Yeah. Um, And Pat Benatar sang one of Pink's songs last night, too, for when she received the Icon Award. Wow. Can we get
2: Pink, Kelly, and Pat together?
0: Would love that. For Kelly's residency, how about? Sure. (laughs)
2: Vegas is crazy. Vegas is crazy, Ugh. and I still did not figure out the right recipe to uh, avoid a headache um, in Vegas. Oh no! You know, the air—the air, <laughs> air is just too dry. Is I mean, that what gets you? I didn't get sick. I want to point that out. Okay. I took—I took, <laughs> I, I only had three drinks the entire time I was in Vegas, and I probably drank like 64, 72 ounces of. I drank so much water. Oh, so much water. So
0: much water, and still. I went. Hot tip. Still, hot tip for the Taylor uh, concert goers. All too well, 10 minute version, a good time for a bathroom and water Oh, break. I did
2: not, I was glued to that.
0: Uh, I know, and most probably good fans are, but I was like, I know that I can get in and out so quickly because nobody's gonna be there. Which is exactly what happened. I maybe missed two minutes of the whole thing with bathroom and buying a water. Oh, also, if you if you're interested in merchandise, plan accordingly.
2: Don't try to don't think you're gonna buy merchandise after the show. You're not.
0: No, you're definitely not. Go before
2: the show and see if your uh, venue has an opportunity to purchase merchandise. Go early at 4:30 and get Go. in the line. The one in uh, the Allegiant Stadium in Vegas was like, we're gonna open up at noon, so you can come. Oh, and, they did. Like you can come and buy stuff. You beforehand. should have done that. Keith. I didn't know that. He's until got after regrets. The fact. I have regrets. I've already... It's a long story. <laughs> All Regrets, right. he's got a few. All right. <laughs> now, it's time for the chart stat of the week. Now, despite how Las Vegas is an entertainment capital of the world, especially in terms of music, it's a fairly infrequent visitor to the Hot 100 when it comes to song titles. Oh, interesting. In fact, the word Vegas has been used in the titles of just six Hot 100 hits. So, Katie, which of these six Hot 100 Vegas hits went the highest Oh, okay. on the Hot 100? Okay, okay. So, we have, in order of their debut, Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas, Buck Owens' Big in Vegas, Sheryl Crow's Leaving Las Vegas, In Pretty Vegas, Katy Perry's Waking Up in Vegas, and finally, Doja Cat's Vegas. Which of those went higher on the Hot 100?
0: I just want to make a side note that uh, Maroon 5 incorporates Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas into their intro. It's mm. real cute. But I'm going to go with Katy Perry's Waking Up in Vegas. You are a winner. Yay! It went to number nine Jackpot. in 2009. The only other top
2: ten on that list is Doja Cat's Vegas? I went to number ten.
0: You know, I knew it had gone higher than I, I thought, but I did not realize it was a top ten hit. Weird. So We're, wow! Like Elvis Presley's "Viva Las
2: Vegas" only went to number twenty nine. That's wild. It seems like it's a much bigger. I also hit.
0: loved that Cheryl Crow song. I nope. loved "Viva Las Vegas." Number sixty. That's really weird because it was all over the radio. Was it like a different?
2: It, like, I think it was. I, that was the song before. All I Want to Do. Mm. And I think it was before people knew. So
0: then it, they like probably made it a hit after All I Want to Do, but it was like
2: too, like. It was kind of like too late at that yeah. point. And it's, but it's become obviously an enduring hit for oh, her. Oh, yeah. Just to finish the circle, Buck Owens hit number 100 with Big in Vegas. And In Excess, Pretty Vegas, that was that first single with the guy, J.D. Fortune, who won oh, the reality from show. from the rock Star reality show. Right. Um, that was the first single with him, and that hit number 37. Great. So. All right. Well, there you have it—a little uh, Vegas quiz, Katie-themed edition of the charts. All right, we reached the end of our big uh, Smoky Casino show. Uh-huh. Actually, my casino was not Smoky. Mandalay Bay, not Smoky at all.
0: I think mine actually is allegedly smoke-free. Park MGM. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not making that up, but it seemed like it at least. <laughs> uh, any parting words? Oh, man, I just can't wait to get back to Las Vegas. Really? <laughs> I love it there. My cousin's actually going for the Usher residency next month and was like, you should come meet me. And I'm like, I might.
2: <laughs> I I enjoy going, but I, it just literally never fails. I always, it's like... I, I The Desert and Keith do not agree. I Okay, look, I had one margarita. My first drink was a margarita at dinner at like 7 p.m. I had the lover cocktail <laughs> at Taylor's show uh-huh. which was you know pretty sweet but good and then I'm like oh I'll go have a second one cuz I was feeling the fantasy I go and get a second one so this is like at this point it's like probably like 9:30 or 9:45 about halfway through the drink I'm like I already feel a headache oh, I feel gosh. a headache I'm like how is it and I'm like clearly I'm just not meant to drink in Vegas yeah that's I, probably the combination of the two but anyway okay. um, you should you should uh have a great time no matter what you do, even if it does not involve drinking. Okay. <laughs> With all that said, we've reached the end of our big show. Katie, any parting words? What song should we go out on? Feels like a Vegas song, doesn't it? Do you want to play one of those Vegas songs?
0: Let's. I mean, we just talked all about Cheryl Crows leaving Las Vegas and how great it is. So I think that one.
2: All right. See you guys next time. Bye. I'm plus.